Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slips a tackle, and there he goes. It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And there was no practice today, so we figured we would answer some of your training camp questions with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, how has it been out on the field? This is my question to start things off. Has it been like really, really hot? Have you needed gallons and gallons of water? Or has it been sort of manageable? It, you know, it's actually been sort of manageable. Um, and if, if you know, you followed me for a couple of years, you could probably figure that out on your own just by the f- fact that I haven't been complaining about the heat as much uh, <laughs> as I normally do. Um, we got we got lucky because, you know, these last the two weeks leading up to camp, it was brutally hot. Um, and then it's been a little bit cooler uh, last week. I did come fully prepared, too. I got one of those bucket hats that like you can wet the inside and wave it around and it keeps you cool and and it does the job it's supposed to keep you cool for two hours it doesn't last that long but if you just wet it again it'll do it right over again but i haven't really needed it so is that bad uh so i i have that to to lean on if i need it but right now it's it's been it's been uh okay not not too too bad First question that's not from me comes from AJ Tronzano. He says, any under-the-radar guys that you've really been paying attention to at tight end, cornerback, linebacker, those are the key positions where I think we really need to get some information. I just heard about Ashton Davis's injury, too. Can you refresh what it is? Is it a shoulder? And if he has to miss time, I assume Joyner is the starter. Yeah, uh, I think that you know, who knows exactly how it would have played out if uh, if um, 
Ashton Davis was healthy, got a full training camp and preseason, maybe he would have been able to earn the job. But from my understanding is that it was basically, um, uh, you know, they're expecting, they were expecting LaMarcus Joyner to start. Um, you know, they signed him with the intention of him being a starter. And then uh, if, you know, that, but we've talked about this in the past with how often, uh, how lots of defensive coaches like to use, incorporate more <clears throat> three safety sets nowadays. So that it's not that, uh, you know, Marcus Jordan was going to lead to Ashton Davis not getting playing time, but Ash, uh, Ashton Davis would kind of be the third guy in there. It's a foot injury with Ashton Davis. Um, and again, uh, Robert Salas said uh, that the second week of the season is like the long end of when they expect him to be back. So he could be back a little bit before that. He could be back after the second week. So um, that that's where we are with that. Um, but yeah, Ashton Davis, um, he, he's obviously – going to have to uh, succeed that uh, to join her right away. But I, I think he will be incorporated in lots of different ways, but I would fully expect Joyner to get more snaps than him throughout the season. As far as who else who's really stood out under the radar <clears throat> offensively, I can't really say anything too much, especially because that those first two days of practice were just there was just very little offensively to uh, point at, um, and then even the third day Zach Wilson struggled for most of it, and then also just Elijah Moore has been so good and Corey Davis has looked good and flashed a bunch, so <clears throat> um, I I can't really point out anyone right now under the radar uh, that that is definitely going to be something I'm going to focus on this week now. Uh, especially the last two days, it was just kind of Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore. So this week I'm going to try to – obviously I'll still keep my eyes on that and report back to you guys for that. But I'm definitely going to try to look at some of the other um, more under-the-radar guys. Uh, on the defensive side, I'll just – I mean, the the cornerback group as, as a whole really – I mean – Bryce Hall, I wouldn't say is, um, you know, undercover as much uh, since he's really the only one that, you know, the the of that group that fans can all name. But the the rookies, they're they're flashing. Um, Hamza uh, Nasser Dean, um, Jamie and Sherwood, uh, Isaiah Dunn, <clears throat> they have all shown little bits of flashes. Nothing crazy, nothing that's blown me away right now, but. They're intriguing. There's, I I think there's going to be something there with these guys. And I do think that Robert Sala is going to be able to get them. I don't know that they're necessarily going to have great rookie seasons. Um, I think probably at least one of them will, uh, fans will be excited about their rookie season, but I do think there's something there with those guys. Um, So I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on that. And then, yeah, it's, it's also been a little tough because, uh, really just Carl Lawson has just stood out so much as well. Uh, it, it, it's hard to look for m- more under the radar. I, I mean, 
uh, uh, Nathan Shepard has has looked uh, decent at times again, but we've seen this before with him in training camp where he's done that. So, uh, and I, I know Robert Sala talked about him and how he was impressed with how he's looked. Um, but yeah, again, we've seen this before with him. So, including his rookie year, that he had that training camp and it looked like things were going to be great and everyone was all excited. And <clears throat> It didn't go so well at start. He's been able to do a little bit better, but uh, so I'll, I'll pump the brakes uh, throwing him out there. But yeah, it's, it's the quarterbacks that I'd focus on now, those, those young kids. Chris, you mentioned Elijah Moore, and you and I were talking about this before we started recording. I don't think enough attention is being given to just how awesome he has been through OTAs, training camp, mini camp. And I touched on this a little bit with Joey Chandler yesterday. He has been the star of the off-season activities, as far as I can tell. Every single practice, whether it's an OTA, minicamp, or training camp, you hear people saying, wow, Elijah Moore was good. Because, as you said, you'll hear about Carl Lawson sometimes, or you'll hear about this guy, that guy. But every single day, it's, can you believe what Elijah Moore did? And as you said in your article at JetsInsider.com, if you can't have fun watching Elijah Moore and maybe getting a little bit carried away, then what is the point of even going to training camp and following this stuff? Because he still has to go out and prove it in the regular season. But I don't recall the Jets having a rookie wide receiver that brought this level of excitement and was this dominant in training camp OTA's minicamp. I can't remember it happening really ever. I've never heard of a rookie wide receiver doing this. Even when Keyshawn Johnson was here, Elijah Moore is kicking butt and taking names. And I know that people are talking about it a little bit, but I feel like it's not being given the attention that it truly deserves. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, every, you're, every single practice we're talking about here. Uh, we were talking about it the other day because, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson is rookie year and how he started coming on late, really late in camp. Um, and I was like, yeah, well, remember, uh, actually, it was Jalen Marshall who was standing out earlier in camp. But uh, Robbie, it took him a little while to put it together. And then Jalen Marshall kind of fell off and then Robbie took over. So we've seen, uh, you know, oh, well, obviously, I, we you forgot Greg Salas, obviously. You know, when he came in and just completely took over. Um, I'm getting, of course. Um, that You've seen guys come in and have a really good practice and surprise us with one thing here and one thing there. Uh, but not day in, day out, consistently, one day after another, from mini camp to training camp. Even if Mike White and James Morgan are the quarterbacks, he's still doing something that's making us just uh, wow, like jaw dropped, wow, flabbergasted. <laughs> and you guys know I I'm very careful. I used to get uh, super frustrated. I remember when I was first covering when Sanchez is a quarterback and then Gino was a quarterback, I'd go to training camp. And then if I said they had a good day, or even if they just had a good throw, I'd just be uh, slammed with tweets being like, he sucks. It doesn't matter anyway. And I'm like, well, I'm here reporting what happened at training camp. I'm sorry. I'm not saying this means he's going to be great, 
But the, this play on this day, he was good. Take it for what it's worth. <clears throat> um, it's, and so I'm hesitant to get too carried away. And a lot of times during training camp, if somebody might have two great days back to back, I'll mention it. But then that third day, he could have a great day still, but I'm still going to kind of shy away from mentioning it just because I don't want to keep bringing it up. It's just like the same story. Uh, but it's impossible to avoid with Elijah Moore. And just I said, and it just doesn't, if I can't stop myself, I don't know what else to do, but to be just incredibly impressed and maybe get carried away uh, a little bit because I, it, every day and it's something else it's not just uh his speed and his quickness he's just everything about him uh as a football player as as a person the way that other people rave about him um yeah just go ahead get all excited uh i know a lot of you fans are a new a thing uh, that's taken place over the last couple of years is uh the idea of a uniform Again, uh, buying a jersey being a curse. So I'm not going to go and say, go ahead and everybody buy the Elijah Moore jerseys. Don't want to, you know, jinx it here. But go ahead and get carried away and excited for this kid because he's going to be a lot of fun. How good he is, I'm not – we don't know. But I I feel very confident that he's going to be good. Like, I would be just absolutely – stunned if he just is anything uh you know just adequate anything less than really good would surprise me from this kid here's one from jp waxer he says chris will you be providing your usual unfiltered prognosis like you did last year from camp Come on, is there any other way to expect the very big deal to act on this show? He always keeps it 100% legit with you. And will you tell us when they're bad? How have they been so far compared to last year? Well, I mean, compared to last year, this team is the best team in the history of football. <laughs> um, it's, it's just, and even just the way practices run, everything seems to be more organized and smoother. Uh, everything's going better now. Again, those first couple of days, the offense uh, struggled because of the quarterback situation, and even Zach Wilson's first day, it did. But the the running game was able to do some things. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm I don't know any other way to be uh, than to just be unfiltered. I'm gonna give you exactly uh, what my eyes see and gets filtered through my uh, or goes through my brain and comes out. And that, that's just what I'm going to give you. I do not expect uh, that you're going to hear anything quite like last year. Just because <clears throat> watching it last year, it was it was just hopeless. And, uh, you know, it could have also – part of it was obviously just my low expectations for Adam Gase matching up with how bad everything looked. And I just had no hope, zero confidence that he would be able to turn anything around. So even here, uh, if, if things are, aren't looking great at times, I might be willing to cut Salah and company some more slack to give them more room to turn, turn things around. But anything that I see that I say, okay, this could be a problem. 
I I will be relaying to you guys and I will uh you know so you guys can keep an eye out for it when you get a chance to watch preseason games and when the season starts you know what to look for <clears throat> um you know what to hope uh gets fixed or improved all those types of things I I I I don't do fake very well so I'm I'm going to give you my unfiltered thoughts play like a jet play like a jet Next question comes in from Gigabyte Gangster. He says, maybe I missed the news, but how did Becton go from having an injured foot and weight concerns to blocking effectively and looking like he might be in the very best shape of his life so quickly? Was all that talk totally wrong, or does Becton have magical powers? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he might have magical powers. I wouldn't put it past him. Um I'm not. I'm certainly not going to say he doesn't have magical powers, but I do not know that he does have magical powers. I don't think that's what it was. Um, what this is really what it was is we didn't really get to see him in mini camps because he he was hurt. Um, and then I just think there was an assumption that the foot and that was a problem because of his weight. And because I, I remember it playing out this way, because I think it was like a week after mini camps or something, <clears throat> uh, Duke Manyweather uh, posted something and I saw the, a video of Becton and I was like, oh my God, where'd all that weight go? There was no way it could have gone on there. So I think he had made some progress there. And I think that uh, myself included, where's, you know, foot problems i was t thinking weight probably contributed to that so i think he was already on his way to uh shaving some of those that weight off when we were talking about that and then it just got even better from there next question comes in from our man luke grant co-host of play like a jet live with you stadium wednesday nights at seven o'clock he says, on an off day, if the Jets beat writers decided to get together and have a Royal Rumble, who would win? This is the easiest question that we've ever been asked in the history of these mailbags because Dennis Wazak would win this thing so easily. I don't even know if there would be sense to creating odds for the Royal Rumble because Dennis would win it so simply that I don't know that there would even be a line that would be worth taking here. Yeah, that Dennis... That you can't even uh, go with a strategy of like, you know, just one person go and try to like kind of hide in the corner and let everybody else beat each other up and then like come in at the last minute to pin Dennis or something. That's not going to work. That Dennis is going to clear everybody out of there and then he's going to come back and that person's going to be cowering in the corner and probably just throw themselves out of the ring because there's none of us are getting in Dennis's way. Uh, that Dennis is winning that pretty easily. Next question comes in from Say My Name. If he says, is the defensive line the real deal right now? Or is the offensive line just not improved enough? And that's why the defensive line is getting so many sacks so far in training camp. Also, do you think if the Jets decide to change their mind and go and get a veteran quarterback, maybe they can make an offer to Alex Smith that would bring him out of retirement and have him back up Zach Wilson? I think the Utah connection would be kind of fun. So, Chris, I'll let you answer the question about the offensive line, the defensive line. But first, the question about Alex Smith. I don't think that's happening. Alex Smith walked away. 
I honestly can't believe that he came back from that injury in the first place. I thought he was crazy to continue playing. He had nothing to prove to anybody. He made more money than you could spend in six lifetimes. And so I don't think that's going to happen. And if the Jets do want a veteran, I would imagine that they would go with somebody who has far fewer medical question marks, even if Smith was willing to come out of retirement, which I don't think he is. Yeah, I mean, it was a miracle that he came back last year from that, and then he also got hurt again at the end of the season. So he had to come back from that as well. Um, and then I'm sure that there's, you know, kind of uh, uh, the – the same thing um he he hasn't been training and preparing so it's gonna if you wanted if you were doing that it would basically just to have him as you know a veteran in in the uh quarterback's room just to help zach wilson with stuff you could just hire him to be a coach but also i don't know if that's something that he's going to be interested in as you said he's made a lot of money um and his like in his life he doesn't need to spend time doing the grind of being a coach um at least maybe you know go ahead and take a couple years off and enjoy yourself there um so i i don't see that happening at all um <clears throat> as far as the defensive line and offensive line it's one thing important to note here is that they still haven't been wearing pads and when they're not wearing pads, the, the advantage kind of goes to the defensive line there. It's easier for them to do stuff there. Um, but there's, you know, there's still uh, – it, uh, really, it's not like the – you know, in years past, we've seen the offensive line has just been getting decimated. And they were getting hit from all angles, just – leaks on at every position and it hasn't been that bad it's just really over the last couple of days carl lawson has been giving makai beckton fits um and robert sala confirmed and talked about that you know there's an advantage uh, to the defensive players when they're not playing in pads there um but also just the size of beckton compared to the size of carl lawson has been been a little bit of a matchup problem for him there um, you know, John Franklin Myers has really started to, uh, the last couple of days come along too, um, and that's on the other side where you know they're obviously a little weaker. But <clears throat> I, I think right now I, I wouldn't look too much into uh, the fact that the defensive line has done something, especially also because, as I've mentioned, the offensive line has done a really good job in the running game. So I, I do think that it's kind of a push when you're talking it. That way, uh, like there has not been a lot of uh, running plays where the defensive line would have had them for a loss. There hasn't been a lot of that. They're, the defensive line is winning on the passing plays. I'd say the offensive line's been kind of winning on the running plays. Um, but, yeah, so they're, they're putting the pads on tomorrow. So we're going to get a couple of days of pads. Obviously, we'll get even more <coughs> um of a look when they go to a green Bay and when they practice against Philadelphia, that'll give you more of a test. Um, but right now I I'd say that it, it's, I wouldn't be looking at it like the defensive line's just dominating the offensive line. I I'd, I'd wait till I reach that conclusion. 
That's going to wrap up the first installment of the off-day training camp mailbag. We're going to do another one of these the next time there's an off-day, which is going to be on Friday. In the meantime, check out everything Chris is doing over at JetsInsider.com. Follow him at CNimbly and at JetsInsider on Twitter. And check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Luke Grant has been killing it with fantastic content. He put up a video about Denzel Mims and why Jets fans shouldn't lose hope on him yet. You know about all the film reviews that he's done, commentaries. Caleb Pace's commentaries are up there too, Pace's playbook. So check all of that out right now and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you can go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us would be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com <laughs>